Life is short. Get divorced. Outrageous and opinionated thoughts on how to divorce the things in your life that don't bring you joy. Honestly, Hannah and Just Jen bring you weekly accounts of their ongoing battles around getting it done and how to not take your life too seriously. Life is short. Get divorced. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Life is Short. Get divorced. I am Honestly Hannah, and I'm here with just Jen. Good morning, hey. Hannah. How are you? We are good today. It is. Um, we are. I'm super excited about today and our topic today. Um, but before we get started, let's remind everybody once more how we know each other and all the things we have in common. It's kind of amazing. And when you look at between seven businesses, yeah, six weddings, five very unique mother-in-laws, four different divorces, three kids, three happy children. Two house fires, one widow, and, and zero, zero guilt. guilt. How have you been? I'm super. I can't even tell you how excited I am for our guest today. We're having a special segment, and we're talking about the least favorite topic on the planet. I'm sure it's money. Money. So you're going to love Wendy. Oh, yeah. I mean, she um, she gets it, but not only does she get it, she understands, I think, the female psyche of all the different emotional parts about money, too. So we're going to learn a lot. Yeah. And she also has her own really interesting backstory as well around her own life and her children and her divorce and how she needed some financial independence with her um, with some of her family members. So I think it's really good to to kind of get that perspective from a professional, someone who's in the investment community. She's a rock star. She's already, I can already say personally, she's already helped me with a lot of like kind of what I would say small milestone decisions. But I think that's really almost what you need is somebody that you can call on the many small things and would not wait for just one big thing to yeah. happen. And so we'll learn about that. But um, I also really just wanted to ask you about like in terms of it's a new year and money, like is that a freakazoid thing at your house? It, you know, it 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 is for me <laughs> but for everyone else is fine they're spending the yeah, money everyone else in my house is spending the money and their lives are very secure and happy um yeah my my current husband my husband number three um is really good about not spending any money he's a very fabulous simple man well he may be simple but in, everybody in requires of, money no not in a bad way not in a bad way i'm in, in a you know in a in a money way. Like he doesn't ask for a lot. He doesn't spend a lot. I'm the one I'm the spender. But one of the things that we don't do that I usually tell people is my number one, like rule of marriage, like marriage tip, a good marriage tip is to have separate bank accounts. So my second husband and I had a joint house account and we each had our own separate checking accounts. So you could spend money on something. In my case, it would have been, you know, whatever clothes or nails or Shoes. I spent a lot of money on shoes. Right. Um, and that was something that I could do without, you know, it was out of my quote unquote allowance checking account. Mm -hmm. But we had the main account for all the expenses for trips and groceries and mortgage and things like that. And for me, that that's the magic split. If you can do it and you have your own money to put into your separate accounts, that way no one's kind of keeping track of what you spend your money on and no one's judging you. That works great. My current husband and I do not do that. And that is not my preference. Um, I would like for him to have a separate account, um, but I actually manage all the money in my house today. Well, that's because you're a control freak. Right. But um, <laughs> if you are not a control freak, I think that the hardest decision, and I really wish that actually people would consider doing financial counseling, even if they mm. decide that they're going to combine a home, they don't even have to be married, right. but to have that decision about money. Because when husband number two 
and I divorced, that was one of those moments where I realized, like, I think I've been so dependent on another person having so much influence on the money that I need to get in this game. Yeah. And that's when I decided to get more involved with real estate investments and things that were going to expand my kind of wealth ability, if you will, what little that is, but it makes you feel in control of your domain. But there still is something about a partnership of having some joint money together to, right. you still have to make decisions together. Yeah. I, and that's where I think my current husband, um, he, I think that's his, it's, it, in his mind, it's preferable that we only have one because it's all ours, right? Everything it's together and there's no need to have something separate. But I think that, uh, you know, that means he can't buy me anything without me knowing, right? Like as soon as he buys me flowers for Valentine's day, Oh, I get that. I get pings from the bank account. So I also think there's a, an element to the um, relationship that the money uh, dictates in, in not in a bad way, but in a, in a nurturing way. If you really can't, there's nothing my husband can do to surprise me if that involves money. Well, moment. that's, that's, that's kind of not sexy though. No, right. I know. Like, it's I'd like, like for him to buy me some flowers and me, for me not to know. Yeah. About How about some jewelry or something? You're like, Oh, I just saw this on my American express. What the hell? Right. right. Dear husband. Number three, please buy me a surprise. <laughs> But you know what's interesting, though, is husband number three and I never shared any financial stuff together at all. And mm-hmm. we went into that. And to me, it has been, I think, at this point, healthy no matter what. Yeah. Is that because I really didn't have that fear, but we also had our own things. So like when you're marrying uh, for a second or third time <laughs> that um, basically you have your own ownership of your stuff. So combining that is very vulnerable. And that's where I felt such a comfort level that everything was separate. Yeah. And unfortunately now going through kind of like issues with probate and the state like that, it's such a blessing. You know, the other thing, sort of the flip side, I think of that conversation is women who, who don't know anything about the money. Right. And they, and then they are husband and the spouse dies. And then they're in the opposite situation, which is they don't know how to access their bank account. They don't know how to get anything done. I have a lot of friends. Um, in fact, just this past year, I've had more than one friend lose their husband suddenly. And my one friend, um, her husband, while she works full time with me, um, she, she is absolutely, uh, beside herself trying to figure things out. She has found out about accounts that she didn't know about. She has found out about an enormous debt that she, that he was hiding from her. So I think the other side of that fear factor is letting your husband take or your partner take care of all that because it seems easy at the time. And then if something happens, you're completely at a loss. I think that Wendy will be able to answer a lot of yeah. these inquiries and I can't wait to talk to her. Yeah. I also want to ask Wendy, I want to talk to her kind of about the, um, the why are women afraid to talk about money what is it that they that keeps them from being interested and being engaged with money in general because there's a lot of fear around it but do you know why that is because sometimes it's very controversial and might not please the person that you're trying to date or maybe marry and like that's an uncomfortable situation because sometimes you're in a relationship with somebody and you don't even know their money capacity all you know is that you're in like the thick of things and you're attracted to someone and then when you get like well maybe we should live together well I don't know do you have enough money to go to Publix? Like, do I, 
Do I, I do know, I need to pay but, for everything, or like, are you going to be the sugar daddy? Like, what's right. the story? But don't you think that's funny that you're sleeping with this person, you're having like the most intimate sexual relations with this person, and you are going to potentially live under the same roof, and you don't even know if they have enough money to like pay the mortgage. So now we have to ask for their COVID test. Do you have any <laughs> yes, diseases any or anything? Diseases. And then also, if you could provide all your financials, this would be very would helpful be, to determine yeah. if we're going there. We're going to need five years of tax returns in order to make sure that, that we're compatible. And he's going to go, life is short. <laughs> if you don't want this, then forget it. Right? Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. So I think it, there's a lot of drama wrapped up in the money. Um, and we'll hopefully we'll have plenty of time for our next segment. Watch Yo Money with Wendy. Good morning. Good morning. We're happy to have you today. I'm happy to be here. We are here with Wendy Wallace, who is the owner of Lighthouse Financial. And also, full disclosure, is one of my financial advisors. And I'm so grateful because this chick whips my ass and tells me when I need to pay attention. And for someone that's a busy girl like me, I'm always very grateful. So welcome to the show, Wendy. You're welcome. We have so much to ask you about. Give us, if you heard this right away and someone asked you about money, what would you say about Life is Short and what would you tell them about their money? Well, you mentioned life is short and divorce. And so one of the things that happens with couples when they get married, what are the two things that couples fight about? Money and sex. Yes. So we're going to talk about the money side of it. When people grow up, they see money as different things. So I always tell people you need to have a money date. And I work with clients that are 25 to 85. And the one thing I would tell people starting out, women, young women, women getting divorced, keep your money. You need to have a discussion, frankly, with your partner. You need to understand what the household bills are, but you also need to have your own separate finances. If you have homes, cars, property, is it in joint? Is it single? You need to do a will. There's so many things that people don't want to discuss. It's just the unknown. Yeah. Why do you think that is? We were talking about this earlier. Why do you think people just don't, women don't want to discuss this? What is the driving factor there? They're scared to do that. They don't know what their partner is all about with the monies. I meet clients. They don't even know how much their husband makes. I had one lady and she's fairly young and she'd been married 10 years. And I was like, how much does your husband make? I don't know. Is the house in both your names? I don't know. I said, you need to get clarity on this. And is that, do you think in those, in most cases, and this is a broad stereotype in most cases, is that because the husband either makes all the money or the majority of the money and the women don't feel like they, they are, empowered to ask those questions because it's not their income? You know, the women make today just as much money as a lot of the men, but they just don't want to discuss it because they don't want to have a fight. Let me ask you, Jennifer, if you had a hundred dollars, what would you spend it on? Honestly, shoes probably. But, um, I would, um, again, I would, rarely go to my husband or partner or significant other and ask them. I mean, because I have, I make my own money, but I know a lot of people, if they got that extra hundred dollars would feel guilty if they didn't talk to their spouse or their partner, like, Oh, I feel like I better be nice and say something. And is it okay if I get these shoes or buy this? I mean, do you, I mean, I would imagine. So how much money would you spend before you felt like you had to tell your partner you spent that money? Well, that's interesting because I've seen this, in different relationships and partnerships and basically with husband number three, we had a, um, 
if we were going to spend a thousand dollars or more on our own money, not we didn't have any joint money mm-hmm. that we kind of shared that information. But I was also at a very mature level getting married at age 50 to do that. If I was 20, when I was 25 and married to my college sweetheart, I would never have that conversation because I was too scared. I was going to upset him. I was going to like maybe cause this little episode where maybe this would not be, you know, the right moment to bring it up and I ruined the night and it was my fault. Now I know better, but it was really a sticky issue. Well, I'm re- I have a hundred answers to that question and all different for every husband and different ages and different income levels. However, I'm really curious to know why you asked that question. Because I'll do that. I used to do a workshop and I would have an audience of men and women. It was a workshop I did called Smart Couples Finish Rich. And then I do one called Smart Women Smart Retirement. But in the couples one, I would say, okay, ladies, write down on a piece of paper. They had a workbook. How much money would you spend feeling comfortable before you had to tell your significant other? What did they say? Uh, the amounts were usually 200 to $300. The men's were higher because oh, the men sure. said they didn't spend as much. But it was all around the premise where nobody knows because everybody's raised differently depending right. upon their upbringing. Was there money? Was there no money? Those types of things. So that started the discussion where the people would just, the husband and the wives would just like look at each other. And then I would set up called a money date. But you also do a fair amount of early questionnaires and things to kind of allow them to have their voice before they're even as a couple, don't you? I mean, in terms of your gathering, when you gather financial information, what I like is that you basically are asking everyone's opinion right, before you really sit down and give counsel. Right. And the husbands and the wives have very different attitudes about money, like especially even about risk. They'll be arguing when I'm doing a risk questionnaire and I'll just stop and I'll do one on each of them so that, you know, they don't have to be in agreement with everything, but they have to understand where the other person is coming from. Yeah. And so in those money dates, like, is that the kind of stuff you're asking them? Is that happening in the money date or is the money date more, uh, a little less in depth. And that's just the first step in diving into these other risk questions and things like that. That's homework I give them. And I tell them to have a bottle of wine or a bottle of tequila. I was wondering if they have to start and discuss it. And then they come back to me and they'll say, okay, we drank and we talked about it. And I, but I give them a questionnaire. Now we're getting divorced. I need, (laughs) we've all been there. Uh, Dear husband, number three, we're going to need to have a money date. Do you ever do the money date with them? No, they ask me to do that. Um, I do. I feel like I do couples counseling with my clients, but I make them take that first step to do that. That helps. I'm sure that that obviously, right, the the liquor helps, but it helps get through some of that drama before they get to you. So then they've got a minute to think about it before they show up in your office with your team and start talking about it in realistic terms, which always any kind of these hard conversations have you have to have the hard part and then the weeping and gnashing and then the break and then you can actually start to make progress but don't you also like the fact to me it's always good to have that third party that can be there to kind of almost balance out when they get there with their decisions of like okay but have you thought about this yeah many of them haven't excuse me even made any decisions when they come to meet with me yeah do you think, do you find in your practice that, um, do you find that men are intimidated by women who make more money or are the women who are controlling the money? Do you have any kind of um, thoughts on that? I find that men are really, really vulnerable also. Really? In a yes. good way? 
uh, like, especially in financial services, when I start just trying to explain everything simply, the men say, I never knew. I had these portfolios. I had these investments. I didn't know how to work. So they're really intimidated by some of the financial advisors that kind of speak over their head. There's a lot of great ones out there, but a lot of us, a lot of people assume things. But when the men and women are sitting down together in front of me and I'm asking these questions, they all of a sudden get insight into their partner's mind that they never, ever knew. Yeah. And I mean, kind of back to that question of how is there, you know, how much money would you spend before you told your partner? Uh, I think like in my case, there is no, I would spend whatever I wanted to spend. Like, I don't, I don't let him know at all to his detriment. Probably he does. If he asked, I would tell him, or if he looked it up or that's fine. But like, I don't, I don't ever talk to him about it. Right. It's not an issue with him. He doesn't care. I'm sure if he knew how much money I spent on shoes in Miami, he might care. But besides (laughs) that, he wouldn't. Moving on. Um, Wendy, what about in case when you have women or men who are coming to you that are in the middle of getting a divorce, how do you counsel them differently? Like, um, and I know that men tend to have a whole different view on money and divorce than women, but I also feel like women don't always know every single thing they need to be thinking of in advance. Before they even consider getting divorced, if they're if they know they're going that way, if they're a client of mine and they're married, I've already take, taken care of that if their husband is not one of my clients. And I've had clients that are married and then we've had to handle those assets. But before they're even going to that point, they need to get a handle on everything. Um, where the money is, how much is in, if they have 401ks, how much money is coming into the house, really. They've got to do a little bit of investigative research, not saying that they're going after everything because fair is fair. There could be kids, but really knowing what is out there, how are all of the accounts titled, what is on the credit cards. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing too, I want to mention again, in my case, it's a little, it's a little different than a traditional situation, but, um, you know, we, there are, there are lots of accounts that originally had my name on them. Like the mortgage was always in my name only the cars were only in my name. And over the years of, I've been married 15 years this year over the marriage of this third marriage, like we've made a particularly concerted effort to make sure that my husband's name is on all the major assets, um, for lots of reasons, not just, you know, preventative, but um, for his own credit, as well as for if something happens to me as the primary wage earner, if something happens to me in our house, like I want to make sure that he and, and our son have the access to all of the accounts that they need to. So even not in a, just a, a, a rocky times, right? I think it's important, really the best way, best plans are made in the better times so that you know when the difficult times come that it's already taken care of. I have a question about different generations. Um, I've talked to Wendy. My son is getting married in November, and I have really encouraged him and his fiance to talk to Wendy and kind of have some of those preliminary conversations. And I don't think it's happened yet, but I sure hope it does. And probably not allowed to talk about it on this show. But um, we'll let you know if we can check that box off. But because of like couples in their 50s, let's say, that are in a different financial status, do you find like – couples in their 20s or 30s, do they come to you with different questions and different feelings? Because I feel like they're really good about partnerships and 50-50 partnerships. 
So the generations, we've got the baby boomers and the Generation X and the millennials and the Generation Z. So your son, they are right there in the mix of the Generation Z to millennials. You got it. Very, very different. And I am picking up a lot of younger clients that are children of clients. They don't ask questions. I ask the questions and then I kind of help them direct what they need to do. Do they look like they have like, oh my gosh, this looks like the train's about to hit me. Like, do they have like deer in the headlights look or are they like inquisitive? No, they're inquisitive. You know, we really talk about with every client, what's the budget? What's the expenses? So with young couples, they'll be like, Wendy, I want to, we want to say $300 or $500 a month or a thousand. And I said, let's start with a hundred dollars a month for young couples because it's got to be something comfortable yeah, for them. hurt them. And on, don't you think too like the some of the questions are some of the things you would say to that generation is it's a whole lot easier coming from that third party like jennifer said a minute ago than it would be from their parents right so they can Mm -hmm. you can you sort of serve that sort of intermediary Mm -hmm. um bridge for them as well it seems like what do you think um can you talk a little bit about how uh perhaps you know if a younger person's listening to this or someone um in those younger millennial regions they are looking for understanding how does the fee structure work? Like they don't have a lot of money. They're new in their careers. They're trying mm-hmm. to get things settled. How do they work with somebody who's so, as professional as you are at Lighthouse? Well, when they start out, like with young couples, uh, there's no fees involved because what I'm going to direct them to do is um, open an individual account and advise them on that, how to do that, where their fees are very minimal. You know, once they save about $10,000, then, you know, I'll look at a portfolio and the fees on portfolios, regardless of what you have, the standard industry is 2% annually. So with young couples, what we'll probably look at based upon their risk score, I'll recommend something because they have time in the market. You can't time the market. So with something like that, you know, just having the advice and, and this generation, they're information getters. They want it now. You know, it's funny if they're trying to stream something from Amazon or Netflix, they're upset if it doesn't download. And we just remember we used to drive to Blockbuster to get a video. So they want it quick, fast and now. Have you found it fascinating how much they look at reviews? Yes. And that that you should look at reviews. It's very, very important. Mm -hmm. Um, How one of the things I love about you, Wendy, is I admire your work life balance, because what I love about Wendy, because I always strive to do this, too, is that I can be working and sitting on the beach and I can be working and sitting in the mountains. You are really good at that. Oh, tell us more about that, Wendy. Tell us how to work at the the mountains or the beach. And this girl works. I mean, she's busy all the time. She's never not taking a call. But you do some amazing travel. You've got to recharge your batteries, ladies. You can't take it with you. You have got to recharge your batteries. And when you take the time off, it does recharge your batteries. Now, um, when I went to the BVI's ladies for 10 days diving, there was no internet. So I did not work. Um, You're allowed to have a vacation. Most of the time, I, you know, I am, I'm responding to things and you have to have a, a good team also. But I firmly believe that I always set new vacations coming up. You look forward to that, even if it's a short girl's trip. Um, Moya, my daughter slash assistant for 17 years, one of my friends that owns one of the restaurants in 
uh, Savannah the other day sent me a message. Hey, you want to go on a quick trip? It's five days, so-and-so. And I'm like, let me look at my schedule. And then Moi was like, no, mom, we have workshops <laughs> the week before. So I said, I can't go. And then yesterday I had clients coming in. She's like, mom, I need to leave to go take this luncheon. It's going to be a lot of fun. I said, no, I've got clients coming in. <laughs> so the rest of the office was like, what? Your mom did know that's not true, but... I think taking and being smart when you're traveling, you you know, you can shop it around and things like that. Maybe we should do a ladies trip together. Yeah. And have some of these financial workshops. Wendy, I will put a a little plug in for this. Wendy does these great workshops and I've been to one or two and they were, it was really were like poignant and very informative. Yeah. And really, um, really incredible information and good takeaways and great homework. I love great homework. Books to read, so yeah, we'll make. Did sure you finish your homework? I did all of it. Yeah. I, need to call you all I know I'm messing with I know, you. I did all of it, um, except for actually like coming in with my husband and sitting down. And That's making, okay. I need the date plan. I need to. <laughs> I need to have that. I'll get some tequila after this. I hope we can record that session. That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a lot of fun. Wendy, thank you for being with us. Sure, I love thank it. Thank you so much. All right, so here we are, another great week of Life is Short, Get Divorced. Are you divorcing anything? Um, this I might I might be divorcing a friend, but I'm not sure if I want to talk about Let's it. Let's talk about it next today. week. Yeah, I oh, I'm going to come for that. <laughs> I hope it's not Wendy. I might be divorcing a friend, so I might need your advice on, how, on this. It's not me. Surprise! <laughs> that was just like this. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much, Wendy. It was great. We'll make sure we put all your information in your website and our Instagram post Oh, for another segment of Watch Your Money with Wendy. Yeah. And always remember, you're, you're going to be better than, than you've ever been before. Hey there, honestly Hannah here. We can't thank y'all enough for listening to us, but we want to hear from you. Be sure to hit us up on Instagram or send an email to hello at lifeisshortgetdivorced.com. Or you can support our podcast through our Patreon account and you can get to that from our website, lifeisshortgetdivorced.com.